Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Saturday, January the 7th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And the Gospel of John uh, is divided into two major sections, verses 1 through 12, which is called the Book of Signs, and chapters 13 through 20, which is called the Book of Glory. And there is chapter 21, which is kind of a postscript. Uh, it's kind of a late addition to the original body of the Gospel of St. John, Scholars tell us it was probably an addition added by one of the disciples of John. Remember at the time, uh, those who were disciples of a great person, an apostle, a great rabbi, it could be of a great uh, intellectual or a very holy man, uh, etc., that the goal of the student was to think the mind of the teacher because you would go to a person who was very learned or very holy and you would uh, want to be a disciple of that particular person. That is, you would learn from them, not only in your mind, but also throughout your whole life, the way in which they lived, their values, uh, their character, uh, their way of life. In many instances, you would actually live with the person or very close by so that you absorbed all that they were. And your, your goal, uh, the purpose, was to become like the teacher. And uh, remember, Jesus says, no student is above the teacher. Why? Because no matter what the student may achieve, it always goes back to the teacher because the teacher first gave the student, much like a parent. No child is above the parent. Why? Because it is the parents that gave them life. Parents that gave the child life. And so the goal was to become like uh, one with uh, the person who gave you, who, who shared with you uh, the precious gift of their knowledge, of their being, of their character, of their way of life. And so that 21st chapter is like that, and you attributed it, whatever you did, your writing or whatever achievement, you would attribute it to uh, the teacher who had uh, first introduced you and formed you, uh, much like uh, Peter, Simon, son of uh, Jonah, son of Simon, uh, all of that, Simon Bar-Jonah, uh, and all of that, uh, Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary, and so on. So that was something that was very important. Of course, today we talk about 
having a better life than the parents, rising above the parents, being different than the parents, and all that sort of stuff that we have today. But in very recent, uh, that, that's a rather modern or late modern kind of, uh, of aspiration. The goal then was, and I think it's a very good goal, is to become like your parents. Now you say, well, they have bad parents. Well, of course, yes, everybody has uh, runs into bad uh, teachers, bad this, that. No, that's not what we're talking about. If you have good parents, and parents who, who give you more than just food, clothing, and shelter, but give you a value system, a way of living in the world, then that's a precious gift. And that no one can give you anything better. And the book of signs, uh, a sign, John does not talk about miracles. He talks about signs. A sign is an indication. It's a pointer. It uh, calls our attention to something deeper than just the appearance of something. It's also an indication of something that's coming or something you are called to be or to look deeper into an everyday activity and see something deeper, the very working of God within that ordinary everyday thing, within that ordinary everyday thing. And in the book of signs, there are seven signs, seven signs. Remember sign uh, seven in the Bible is the number of perfection. And God rested and blessed the seventh day and made it holy. After the creation of the human person, the height of God's creation in the book of Genesis, one made in the image and likeness of God, God rested and pronounced it very good. Up until the appearance of the human person, creation is good. But with the creation of the human person, it becomes very good. God creates us very good. And we are called to grow into that goodness that God creates us for and with. And in our gospel reading this morning, we look at the first of the signs, very familiar to us. Uh, it's the wedding feast at Cana with the water into wine. Now, what are the other six signs? Well, I'll repeat them for you. And since we're on uh, a recording, uh, you can look them up and meditate on them at your own leisure. But there's the water into wine, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, which is our reading this morning. I'm sorry, uh, 2 verses 1 through 12. Uh, the cleansing of the temple, chapter 2, verses uh, 12 through 17. The healing of the nobleman's son, chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. The healing of the lame man, uh, in chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. The feeding of the multitude, the bread of life discourse, and follows chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, but the whole of chapter 6 is then a reflection on the feeding of the multitude. 
the healing of the uh, blind man uh, in chapter 9, and it culminates in the great, the great sign, the raising of Lazarus in chapter 11. Those are the seven signs. It begins with the water into wine and culminates with the raising of Lazarus. And so this morning, our reading from the Gospel of John centers on the wedding feast at Cana. Uh, and Jesus and uh, the disciples, along with his mother, Mary, are invited to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And as they're there, and obviously everyone is having a good time, which is good, it's wonderful to see that. Jesus and the disciples are at a wedding, celebrating the wedding with the, with, uh, with the Blessed Mother. And they're engaging in that very human, wonderful uh, activity. Uh, the, um, Mary notices that the wine has run out. Now, that's an embarrassment. It's like having a, your, your wedding uh, or an activity catered and you run out of food. Uh, no doubt a panic uh, hits you. And Jesus says uh, they have uh, no more wine. Jesus says, woman, how does this concern of yours involve me? And that sounds rather abrupt and rude, doesn't it? But not really. Woman, uh, that was a common reference, and it's not a sign of disrespect. How does this concern of yours involve me? You can read that many ways. Jesus says, my hour has not yet come. That is the crucifixion. His mother instructs those waiting on the table. This is wonderful. Mary says, do whatever he tells you. Notice she doesn't get into all that. What does this have to do with me? She doesn't, she doesn't answer. She doesn't go to a long explanation. I'm your mother. Obey me and all of that. Don't say any of that stuff. She simply says the words of a disciple. That's why Mary is the model of disciple. Do whatever he tells you. Do what he tells you. That's, that's our words for every day of our life. Do what Jesus tells you. Every morning, begin the day by opening your whole being to what Jesus is telling you today. And he does. He does tell you. He lays it on your heart. He places it in your mind. Turn off the radio and the TV, the computer, and all those other gadgets. And spend some time in silent listening and asking the Lord as the day unfolds, what do you want me to do? And then do it. Do it. Listen to the Lord. Have a listening heart to the Holy Spirit. And that will be a wonderful day. There is no such thing then as a bad day. If we are doing what the Lord has asked of us, a blessing or a burden, blue skies, green lights, stormy weather, 
do what the Lord is asking of you today. And the water is turned into wine, and it is so magnificent that uh, the uh, head waiter says to the uh, host, we usually save uh, the, we usually save the best wine for last after everybody has had their fill of the, the lesser vintage. But you have saved the best wine for last. Remember, in the, in the Old Testament, the wedding feast was a sign of God's kingdom, of being with God on the mountain, Mount Zion, where all the people would come. Well, Jesus is now the choice wine. He is the fulfillment of the prophecy. He is now being poured out where the water of baptism by John is now the wine that will symbolize, that will be a sign of the blood of Christ from the cross to heal us of our sins. And the seven signs each point to something deeper. Too many times, Christians, they turn the wine into water. We water it down. Uh, we call it purification. It's not purification. It's, it's removal of that which is essential, the gift of our faith. We don't want to turn the wine into water. We want Jesus to turn the water into wine. And we are to do that. We are to cooperate with that by taking into ourselves the words of the Blessed Mother. Do whatever he tells you. May today we not turn the wine into water. May we be one with the Blessed Mother on this first Saturday of the new year and the first month. Let us do what Jesus tells us today. Let us open ourselves so that Jesus takes the waters of our life and turns it into wine, the choicest of wines, the wine who points to Jesus and our redemption from the cross and our hope of salvation and life with God for all eternity. It begins this day by doing whatever Jesus tells you and me. God bless you.